Greetings, Earthers, Martians, Belters, members of the OPA. Welcome to the fifth episode of Expanse, the unofficial podcast. I'm your host, Lex Starwalker, and joining me on the show today is your co-host, Nikki Starwalker. Hi there. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Thank you. So here we are, uh, episode five. So that means we've been doing this a month now, I guess. Wow. And uh, I'm pretty uh, excited about this episode. So this week, we are going to be talking about Cass Anvar, who is playing Alex Kamal, who is the pilot on our crew. But before we get to that, we we have a, a little bit of business to take care of at the top of the show. First of all, in our... Uh, announcement section. I have a really exciting announcement to make. Uh, We actually found this out after last episode, episode four was produced. So we weren't able to announce it uh, on the show, even though uh, we found this out before the episode actually came out. So Sci-Fi is releasing the pilot episode of The Expanse, the first episode to various online streaming services on November 23rd. How exciting. Yeah, so if you use one of these services, you do not have to wait until December 14th to see the first episode. You can see it on November 23rd. However, you will have to wait until December 15th to see the second episode. Oh, darn. (laughs) So Nikki and I discussed whether or not we were even going to watch this uh, because, you know, first of all, once we watch it, we're going to want to talk about it. And I'm not sure, you know, if we want to talk about it on the show when some people aren't going to be able to see it until the 23rd. Right. So I don't know. I was actually thinking about putting up a poll on the Google Plus community. Do people want us to talk about the pilot episode before December 14th or not? So I might do that. Okay. Yeah. I look forward to hearing your feedback. Yeah. So just, you know, you can vote yes or no. You can, in the comments, be more specific or, or give your thoughts. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes for, for this episode at starwalkerstudios.com slash expanse. Perfect. And so I have here a list of, I don't know if these are all of the services that will be available on, but the online streaming services that I believe this is going to be available on include Sci-Fi On Demand, sci-fi.com, the Sci-Fi Now app, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Google Play, Vudu, iTunes, PlayStation, Xbox, Facebook, and YouTube. Wow. So basically, if you're online at all, if, if nothing else, you can go watch it on YouTube, right? Or go watch <laughs> it on sci-fi.com, even right. if you don't. Like we have Amazon Prime, um, so we're going to be able to watch it on our nice big TV on the Roku. But uh, yeah, so that's pretty exciting. I guess (laughs) (laughs) it is. I I think I talked about like way on one of the first episodes about how I was kind of glad that I didn't see it. You know, some people saw it at like San Diego Comic-Con, New York City Comic-Con. And I'm glad I didn't see it because, you know, this. Okay, so the uh, pilot for Supergirl got leaked. Right. A month or two before the show came out. Mm -hmm. And I watched it. And I really enjoyed it. But then it's like, I have to wait two months to see the second episode. And, <laughs> you know, after that, I was like, you know, I think I would have rather just waited until the show actually came out. So I only have to wait a week to see the next episode. 
But at least this, let's see, November 23rd to December 14th. That's what, two weeks, three weeks, maybe. Yeah, that's not a long time to wait. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure we'll watch it again on the 14th to, to brush up. Right. So, yeah, we're definitely going to watch it. Not sure if we'll talk about it on the show or if we'll wait till the 14th. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get your feedback and take that into consideration. Of course, in the end, we're going to do what we want, but... <laughs> It's our podcast, damn it. That's right. Um, right now, honestly, I'm leaning towards waiting because we kind of have a schedule that we've made for the show and what we're going to do on what episode. And that did not take into account discussing the first episode in November. Um, so it would kind of disrupt our schedule. And also, again, we talk about episode one and then it'd be three weeks before we could talk about episode two. Right. But on the other hand, then we wouldn't have to do two episodes that first week. Oh, that's a good point. So I don't know. But as it is, I we barely have time to get done what we need to get done before the show starts. So if we do talk about it, we either can't devote a whole episode to it or we're going to have to do another extra episode somewhere anyway. Or we're going to have to like not talk about someone that we wanted to talk about for a full episode. Right. Okay. We're so. going to have to think about this. Yeah. But let us know what you think. Yes, please. Go, go check out the Google Plus community and we'll have a poll there. All right. Uh, also, I want to mention we have a new patron for Starwalker Studios. We have a Patreon page for the studio at patreon.com slash Starwalker Studios. And that's for all of our shows. We, we make a plethora, got to use <laughs> that word today, a plethora of podcasts. Wow, that sounds like something, doesn't it? A plethora of podcasts. It does. Um, that should be our tagline. Starwalker Studios, a plethora of podcasts. <laughs> I like it. So we have a Patreon for the studio as a whole. And one of the rewards that you can get for being a patron is uh, we thank you on the show. So I want to send a shout out and a huge thank you to our newest patron, Stephen Strickland. Oh, Okay. And I'm not sure if Steven listens to this show or not. Um, unfortunately, there's not a really good way for me to know when someone becomes a patron which show they're a fan of unless they tell me. But uh, when you become a patron at the level that, that Steven did, we thank you on every show we're currently making. So Awesome. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah. And Steven is actually signed up to be a tier five patron, uh, which that means um, we're going to be thanking him on every show Whoa, that's as long sweet. as he's at that level. So sweet. So once once that first donation comes in, man, you're, you're going to be hearing about Steven a lot. He's going to be like our executive producer pretty much. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Except he doesn't get to tell us what to do. <laughs> <laughs> he can request. <laughs> he can drop opinions in the box. That's right. That's right. And uh, yeah. Opinions from, from a tier five patron definitely carry a little more weight than just your average listener. <laughs> so yeah, big thank you to Steven Strickland. And also we got our first five-star review on iTunes for the show. So I want to send a thank you out to K Motive for your review on iTunes. Really appreciate it. Yay. Insert applause here. Hooray! Yeah, I'm not going to, but I could. <laughs> Golf clap, everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, if, if you would like to support the studio or support the show and uh, you're not able to, you know, give a monetary donation, leaving a review on iTunes and or Stitcher is a great way 
because it gives us a little bit more visibility on those platforms and, and makes it easier for new listeners to find the show. And we appreciate it. All right. And now what is quickly becoming our favorite part of the podcast, <laughs> not I'm being sarcastic, are corrections and retractions. So uh, last week we were so happy that we didn't have any corrections or retractions from episode three. Yeah. Um, no such luck this week. Aww. I got a tweet from the man himself, James S.A. Corey, which we are theorizing is actually Ty Frank. Okay. Um, yes. Because the way the Twitter is written, like the way that feed, the posts are written, it definitely sounds like it's one of them. It's not like an assistant or something like that. And Daniel Abraham has his own Twitter that he's very active on. So I think it's a fair assumption or guess, but not confirmed. Right. <laughs> but James S.A. Corey on Twitter sent us a tweet, which is doubly awesome, I think. First of all, because it means he actually listened to at least part of the episode. Ooh. And second, like he tweeted at us. You wow. Know, how cool is that? Yeah. But he says uh, that we are going to have to have a retraction this week. <laughs> Because we were talking about Holden and his, for us in uh, 21st century America, unusual family situation mm -hmm. of having multiple mothers and fathers. And we were wondering whether they were all genetically his mother or father or what was going on. And while we were doing the show, Nikki actually looked it up. And, and towards the end of the show, we did say that, that it was multiple people. But we just want to do the retraction now and say, and more detail now, because uh, James S.A. Corey gave, gave a little bit more detail. Holden is the genetic mix of eight people. Whoa, that's crazy. His family group is called a co-op, and he has okay. five fathers and three mothers. Awesome. Thank you for looking that up. Sure. My goal this week is to start reading Leviathan Wakes again, because I am tired of making these stupid mistakes just because it's been you know, four months since I read the book or something. So okay. I'm going to read it again. And then and then I have no excuse for making these mistakes anymore. There's some fun homework. Yeah, right. And something else that we didn't mention, because we were also wondering if it was unusual for a family to only have one child. And, and we were guessing that it was not and that there's some kind of kind of population control in effect. And uh, Nikki did a little digging after the show and Indeed, Holden's family received significant tax breaks because there were eight adults involved and they only had one kid. And those tax breaks were significant enough that his family was able to buy 22 acres of farmland. Yeah. So for this reason, groups of people having one kid together is not uncommon because basically you're penalized monetarily through taxes if either, you know, there's less people involved and or there's more kids mm -hmm. involved, um, which I, you know, there's so many things in, in the series that I just think is so awesome. And I think that that could be a great way to handle it. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of saying it's illegal to have more than one kid or you got to take an IQ test if you're going to have more than one kid, which I think we should do. I, I think I think first we need to figure out a good way to measure intelligence, which IQ is not. We don't have a good way really to measure intelligence. But if we could, you know, you, you have to like be above a certain level to be able to have kids. I think that'd be great for our gene pool. But uh, <laughs> anyway, but I think instead of doing something like that, saying, oh, you can have as many kids as you want, but for each kid above a certain number, 
we're going to tax you more. I think that'd be a good way to handle it. So it's like the government isn't saying you can't do it. Mm -hmm. It's just if you're going to do it, you better have some money, which again, like you need money to support that many kids anyway, right? right? So I think it makes sense in more than one way. But there's cool stuff like that in the expanse, like the whole idea of living on basic. Like I could see something like that happening yeah. in the future. Yeah, definitely. Which is basically on Earth, people that live on basic are just like they're kind of living off the government, right, Nikki? Mm-hmm. They get subsidy or they get subsidy subsidies or or basic food provided um, and clothes and stuff like that. But it's really like you're not living the life at all. Right. If you're on basic. And in fact, there's a couple of places in the books where someone makes a comment that, you know, they came out into the belt, you know, because it was less risky than trying to survive on basic on Earth. Wow. And I think in the the last book, Nemesis Games, that, that I just read, uh, there was a part where they mentioned that if you're on basic and earth, you can get clothing, but it's made out of paper. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm picturing like the hospital gown, you know, yeah. like the paper. Um, because I think, I don't remember which character it was, but one of the characters I think got like a paper jumpsuit for free oh. um, from the basic supply or whatever. Um, okay. Yeah. It seems like there's there's probably a phrase on earth where it's like, well, better than living on basic. Yeah. Better than basic. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So thank you to James S.A. Corey to, to correcting us on that. And uh, yeah. So Holden was a mix of, of eight people, genetic, a true genetic mix. So they, they did some uh, genetic manipulation there to make sure that everybody was um, had some genes involved. Um, That's fascinating. I wonder how they chose which genes would be a part of his being. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be really fun if uh, there was ever like a Encyclopedia of the Expanse. If James S. A. Corey ever wanted to go into more detail on maybe how that worked, you know that that would be cool. Like not necessarily like technically how they did it and how they cross the chromosomes or whatever, but just like, you know, were they looking for, oh, you know, he's got this person's eyes and this person's hair and this person's height or, you know, like kind of how how that works. Mm -hmm. That'd be kind of interesting if they kind of flesh that out a little bit for for something like that. That'd be kind of fun. And I'm curious how many people are born in that way and how many are naturally born like we are now. I'm suddenly reminded of Gattaca, but I think it would be really cool. All right, so so that's all our introductions, announcements, corrections, and retractions. So now we, we move to the main part of the show where we are going to talk. First, we're going to talk about Cass Anvar, the actor, and then we're going to talk about Alex, Cam- I almost said Alex Camel, Alex <laughs> Kamal, the character that he's playing. So, uh, Nikki, you've got, uh, you've got the uh, tech over there. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Cass Anvar? I'd love to. Let me start things off by saying that whenever I see a picture of Cass, he always looks sharp. The way he dresses is so impressive. It's like he's thought of every accessory and wardrobe item and it looks creative. His colors, the way he matches, it just, it it's so cool. I'm just tickled by his photos on Twitter and Instagram, which he has both. And he's also on Facebook. Cass quit tickling my wife. (laughs) 
All right. Okay. <laughs> what can I say? The Expanse is going <laughs> to have some very good-looking people on it. <laughs> so Cass is actually from Canada. He was born Go in... Go Canada! Yeah, he was born in Saskatchewan and raised in Quebec. But now he's in L.A., of course, like many actors. <laughs> and he has been in so many things. Yes. The man works very hard. Yes. It's obvious. If um, you are a nerd at all, you've probably seen or heard something that yeah. he's in. Yeah, probably. Did you know that he is in Olympus? Yes, I did. Okay, so we actually saw a couple episodes of that. Yes. And Cass was excellent in that. Yes. Um, he is also in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Oh, I didn't know that. Who was he in Clone Wars? Yes, he was a character called Petein, um, Fan Gaul cult leader. I have yeah. no idea who that is. I don't know either, but he was in a couple episodes in that role. Cool. He's also in Castle. I'm sure we have a few fans of Castle listening. And he was in a, a film called Who was Diana. he in Castle? In Castle, he was Dr. Rampanel. Okay. And he was in so many things. He was in... Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, he does voiceovers for yeah. video games. And he was also a, did a voiceover in Halo 4. Well, you're forgetting the big one. Yeah, I was just going to mention it. I'm going down the list. Okay. The, the big one is Assassin's Creed Revelations. He played Altair, which is a main character. And I haven't played that particular Assassin's Creed, but I do love the series. And he loves the fact that he was in it it's obvious <laughs> yeah it's obvious like everywhere i see a picture of him he's cosplayed from the game he has the hidden blade that altair carries and he poses with that in pictures and it's just so neat to see an actor that is so into his role i mean i believe that the voiceover actors are doing a lot of acting like they're not just speaking into a mic casually they're acting out their roles in a big way and if you want to learn more about voice acting i can recommend the documentary i know that voice yeah that was pretty good yeah and it gives you a little peek behind the screen and you can see how they record everything that they do and um, how they come up with their characters that was the most interesting part of that documentary to me he was also in source code the movie and he was in lost he was Who was in, he in Lost? In Lost, he was Omar Jahara. Jara? I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that character either. Okay. He was in The Foundation, uh, which was a TV series. And he's been in 24, which I've watched. I'm sure I saw the episode, but I did not know him at the time. And he was in Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. Well, you know, he can't get them all right. <laughs> it's not his fault. <laughs> hey, it was a paycheck, right, Cass? Right. <laughs> the money spends just as well as all the other money. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's been in NCIS. He's been in Medium again. Um, all yeah, right. So well, he's, he's been in lots of stuff. I think that's that's enough. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? There's you could just we, go we could on spend forever. a half hour just listing all the stuff he's been in. Right, and I'm trying to hit the the big ones, the highlights. So, so you can where are you getting this from? Uh, Sci-fi or IMDb? 
This is coming from IMDb. Now, yeah. I found his IMDb link on his Twitter feed. And his Twitter feed, I'm pretty sure, is official. So the fact yeah. that he linked his IMDb tells me the information's probably good. I, I think it usually is on IMDb. I think so, too. But it was a nice endorsement to see it posted on his Twitter. But yeah, so if you want to know more stuff that he's in, uh, definitely go check out IMDb. And, you know, if you're interested in... Uh, who's playing the various characters in the show and you don't want to wait on on our episode for that person to come out if you go to the official expanse site on the sci-fi channel's website they have a, a cast little section and they have a little bit about each of the actors playing the main characters um like cast you know they they list like three or four things he's been in they, they don't go into the detail that imdb does but but you can get an idea there and they'll have a picture of them, which is usually the picture that we're using for the show notes to show yeah. you who this person is. Yeah. So, yeah, Cass is awesome. And, you know, we, we've talked before when, when we talked about Stephen Strait and Dominique Tipper about how, you know, how great they are with their fans and, and on Twitter. And Cass is, is very much the same way. Like, he is very interactive on Twitter. I've seen him respond to tweets from people and it's not a a Twitter run by his assistant or that he, you know, just posts promotional stuff on and never looks at it otherwise, like, Mm -hmm. which which is what a lot of actors do, which is fine, you know, but, but he's one of those people where he's actually using it. And, and if you tweet something at him, he may respond to you if it's something worth responding to. He may retweet you. That's yeah. not uncommon. Yeah. He's another one that I've seen retweeting art. Um, I think just today someone did a sketch of him as Alex Kamal and he, he retweeted it. Um, so that's really awesome. You know, I love to see these kind of down to earth actors, you know. Yeah. It's so nice to see that they're connected with their fans and that they appreciate their fans. Yeah. So he's, he's an awesome dude. And right, can we go on to Alex now? I have one small fun fact about Cass. Okay. When he's not working, he's playing paintball nice. with his team, the Suave Bastards. Nice. I like it. <laughs> and he also, uh, he, he had, I think it was on Twitter, he had a tweet or something about, um, there's this picture that's been floating around Twitter of him as Alex Kamal at the helm of some ship. We don't know what it is. And I don't know, maybe he was being serious, but it kind of seemed like a joke. He said that, you know, part of his training for that role was playing lots of video games. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because he had a joystick in his hand, too. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, so that was pretty funny. So he is playing the character Alex Kamal, who is one of the main characters of the show. He's one of the crew members of the Canterbury, and he's a pilot. And Alex is a Martian, and he's pretty interesting character, and he is another example of the interesting kind of blending of ethnicities and cultures that we see in the future of The Expanse. You know, we see the same thing with Naomi Nagata. So Alex Kamal speaks with a Texas draw, draw at least in the books. We'll, we'll have to see on the show uh, what kind of accent Cass brings. I'm, I'm sure he's going to bring something. Because I guess that's just how a lot of people on Mars talk. They they kind of have this like old West affectation on on Mars, which I think 
is funny and and kind of makes sense. You know, you could see when people first started settling on Mars, like this is the new frontier mm-hmm. and kind of hearkening back to, to the Wild West. Although I don't know that I can buy that people would actually, you know, start talking with a different accent just because of that. But I don't know. We don't really know the details of how this came to be. It's just a, a funny, cool thing that Right. That I really like. <laughs> yeah, I never made the connection between Mars and the New Frontier, but of course that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So that might be more of a literary thing and not saying that, you know, that characters actually were like, oh, we're on Mars. Let's talk about or let's talk like we're, you know, from a cowboy movie or something. <laughs> I think he actually takes on that affectation, though, or um, Texas drawl. Because in his Instagram feed, he has videos where he's watching NASA movies and they're playing behind him. I don't know where he was at the time. And he says something like, oh, that reminds me of flight school. And he kind of says it with that Texas drawl accent. So I think he definitely will have that in the show. Are you talking about the character or the actor? I'm talking about the actor, Cass. But he, okay. he kind of plays the character in some of his Instagram videos. I see. All right. So what else can we say about Alex? He's a pilot. He's from Mars. You got anything over there, Nikki, before I go on? He was a veteran Navy pilot. Martian Navy. So we've got Holden was Earth Navy and Alex was Martian Navy. And somebody, somebody, I don't remember who it was. Somebody online thought that when you said Holden was in the Navy, that you meant like the sea going Navy, oh, <laughs> which you never said that. Um, I don't know why someone thought that. Um, but Navy in this day and age, you know, unless it's said otherwise, is referring to a space Navy, not like boats in the water. <laughs> okay, Navy. I hope I didn't screw that one up. No, you never said anything about the ocean or anything. Just someone heard Navy and assumed that's what you meant, I think. Okay. But yeah, so it's kind of interesting because Holden was part of Earth's Navy again, in space. And Alex was part of Mars Navy. So we've got two Navy boys on the ship. That's right. But different navies. Yeah. (laughs) And I always got the impression that Alex feels most at home on a ship. Um, Yes. He doesn't take very well to living on land or, you know, on Mars for very long periods of time. He wants to be out there flying. Yeah. And I really like the fifth book in the series, Nemesis Games, because in that book, you really learn a lot about some of the main characters that you haven't had a lot of point of view chapters from, like Naomi and Alex and Amos. And oh, I guess that's it. But yeah, you learn a lot about him in that book, about Alex. And you learn a little bit more about kind of why that is, you know, why he's more comfortable on a starship than other places. And, and yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense once you know more about his history, like why he's like that. And, and it's really cool. So I guess what I'm saying is if you're reading the books and you're big fans of like Alex and Naomi and Amos, and you're like, man, I wish we could really learn more about what makes these characters tick and, and see more of the story from their point of view, then, uh, you know, get on, get on over to, to Nemesis Games because that's, uh, that's exactly what they do in that book. And um, story-wise, Abaddon's Gate is my favorite book so far, as far as just like what's happening in the story. And and I I just think 
uh, that's a point. I, I can't wait till we get to that point in the TV show because that's when like things kind of take a left turn and the story suddenly gets a lot bigger, I guess you could say, okay. or the stakes are raised. So that's kind of my favorite as far as just the story of, of the book. But I really like Nemesis games because we get to learn so much more about these characters that are fundamental to the story for so long, you know, like Alex and Naomi and Amos, that it's like we don't really know a lot about them at that point. And, and we finally get to, like, get into their head a little bit and see what makes them tick. And, and that's really cool. So That sounds great. I can't wait to get there. Someday, right? Yeah, yeah. And so far, his character seems to me like a person that on the surface you wouldn't necessarily take very seriously, at least at first. Yeah. And then you get to know him, you get to see him fly, and he just is such a true professional, and he's so good at what he does. Yeah, and one thing I really like about the character that I think was was really uh, awesome writing and just characterization that James S.A. Corey did with Alex is just in day-to-day life, he's kind of shy. Would you say he's shy? He's kind of shy. He's not, he's not very extroverted around people. Um, he can come off as like a little unsure of himself. You know, he, he's not like walking, talking badass, right? Mm-hmm. But you put him in the pilot seat and put him in a tense situation as a pilot, and he's the man. And, and I really like that. You know, it's like he is really good at this one thing. And when he's in his element, he's a super badass, right? But, you know, the rest of the time, he's just like a normal dude and, you know, has some hangups and some issues and, and you know, is not going to be the one to like step up and take charge or anything like that. And, and I think that's really cool. And, and, you know, that's a more multidimensional character than just, you know, he's the Mary Sue superhero all the time. Yes, you know what I mean? I agree. So, yeah, I, I could definitely go more into Alex, but I think as soon as I started doing that, I'd be pulling a lot from uh, Nemesis games because, again, until then, we, we don't learn a lot. Like, most of what we learn about him up to that point is from other people's perspective. We're seeing how other people see him, how he's presenting himself, but we don't really see a lot of what's going on inside. And I'm trying to remember if we had point of view chapters from him before nemesis games i think we might have had a few like here and there but you know it didn't really get into his past a whole lot or who he really is Mm -hmm. like it does in nemesis games and and obviously i don't want to go into that because i don't want to spoil anything right he's a cool character and i like how it seems like every character there's some kind of twist or some kind of different element because okay you've got you've got a starship with a captain executive officer pilot mechanic or engineer right sounds a lot like you know star trek or insert your favorite sci-fi show or book or whatever here right like these are all like very tropic roles, right? And and it would be very easy to have the very cliched starship captain and the very cliched starship pilot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's Tom Paris with a different name kind of thing. Yeah. But they don't do that. And and every character has like this interesting spin that keeps them from being just another 
Jim Kirk or just another Sulu. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I hear you. I think that's cool. I dig that. And uh, you're, you're, always, uh, you're always being surprised by people. You know, Nemesis Games is like the fifth book in the series. And when I read it, there's all these surprises about these main characters that have been on the screen since book one. And, and I'm still surprised, you know, five books later of, oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's, That's pretty great. cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so there's uh, Alex Kamal, played by Cass Anvar. And, uh, yeah, we're not doing favorite characters anymore, so we're not going to worry about which number. <laughs> you say this every episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I always want to say, like, who's my favorite character, but I just can't decide. You know, I, I kind of yeah. like them all. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yes. If you want to see Cass acting right now before watching The Expanse, you can go on Sci-Fi's website and watch clips from Olympus because that is another Sci-Fi show. Oh, I didn't realize that was Sci-Fi. Yeah. Awesome. Might have to go watch some more Olympus just to see Cass in action. Yeah, there you go. And Cass does have a website. I found this on his Instagram, CassAnvar.com. Awesome. So next week, we are going to be discussing Wes Chatham as Amos Burton. That'll be fun. Yeah. Amos is a lot of fun. And yet another character that, that avoids being a trope or a cliche, mm-hmm. which, which is he very easily could have been, which, oh, which yeah. is awesome. You can head to our website, starwalkerstudios.com slash expanse for the show notes. You can get links. We'll have uh, Cass's Twitter on there. If you want to follow him on Twitter, you really should. And uh, you can see the links for uh, the show notes for all the other episodes. You can also find our other podcasts there. I'm currently producing Game Master's Journey, which is all about tabletop role-playing games. And that's actually why <laughs> I haven't gotten around to reading Leviathan Wakes again because I've been working really hard on uh, my, new D- my new D&D campaign and my new D&D world and all my free time's been going into that. So if you're into RPGs, definitely check that out. I wish I, I, wish I could get Ty to listen to that show. He's into RPGs. <laughs> I, I wish I could get him to, well, I wish I could get him to come on both the shows, but it'd be really fun to get him on Game Master's Journey and talk about his Expanse RPG Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still really hoping to see that in print someday. Uh, maybe he'll come up with his own system and have Expanse, the official RPG. That would be so much fun. What do you think, Nikki? You'd play, right? <laughs> Nikki doesn't like tabletop role-playing games. Uh, also, if you would like to email us, you can do so by shooting an email to expansepodcast at gmail.com. And I want to thank everyone who's given us feedback by email, Google Plus, Twitter about the show, also on Reddit. Um, There's been a lot of discussion about The Expanse on Reddit, and uh, I just really appreciate all the feedback. I've had a few, at least a few people tell me that they look forward to every Thursday or Friday listening to this show, which is awesome, especially as young as this podcast is, that that people are digging it that much. Um, that's great. It can only get better from here. Right, Nikki? That's right. You can follow me on Google Plus. Just search for Lex Starwalker. And Nikki Starwalker is on Google Plus as well. Yep. And you can follow me on Twitter at Lex Starwalker. You can follow me at Nikki Starwalker. Again, we have a Google Plus community for the show. 
And you can find that in the show notes at starwalkerstudios.com slash expanse. We've got a big red join our Google Plus community button at the top of the page. And uh, we have a lot of fun there. And anytime Nikki or I find anything Expanse related that we think you might be interested in, uh, we post it there. So it's a great place to find a collection of interviews and trailers and just all kinds of stuff. And, you know, if you're wanting to learn more about the Expanse and just immerse yourself in Expanse stuff, in addition to listening to this here fine podcast. <laughs> I would definitely recommend following as many of the people as you can on Twitter and following James S.A. Corey and the Expanse Writers, uh, Sci-Fi's official Expanse Twitter account, um, the various actors. And we have all those in the show notes for episode one and uh, also joining our Google Plus community. And I think if you do all those things, you'll, you'll know everything that can be known <laughs> about <laughs> The Expanse at this point before the show actually comes out. And finally, do vote in the poll and let us know if you'd like to hear about the pilot episode before December 14th or not. Again, Nikki and I will make the executive decision on that, but we, we would love to hear what people think Uh, And we'll take that under advisement. So until next week, do conserve your oxygen and your water because resources are precious and scarce in the outer solar system. That's right. So long and thanks for all the fish. 